everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write also happens to be what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet, featuring some great articles on writing. Uh, I got another one up there this month. Yes, I do. As does the wonderful Jennifer Paris. And then there's my column, my sort of weekly column. Got that, the blog. Uh, that's all up there. We got articles, but we also have video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Just put up this morning, it's February 2nd as I speak, uh, just put up this morning my interview, my conversation with Christine Hanna. Oh, an interesting woman. I had her on the podcast. Well, the video interview's up there now, and we talked about crap. Well, we talked about finding your voice, which is really like a point of view, your worldview. Talked about lawyers. Talked about how writing taught her who she was. Good conversation. Christine Hanna. Check it out. It's up there on authormagazine.org, and we're funded by Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. We just finished a little mini-conference this weekend and it went great it was an experiment and it went great we just did was focused on just the craft and the business i talked about book proposals and people talked about story arcs and characters all that craft stuff well it went great we're going to do it again i think we're going to do it again in the early summer yes little pop-up conferences we call them so uh you know we if that's something you're interested in Go check it out at pnwa.org. We got our big conference in September, but we're going to do another little one. These are great. You know, they're all virtual, so it doesn't matter where you are. No, it does not. You can come. Yes, you can. I'll be there again. I don't know what, doing what, but something. So, yes, there you go. And speaking of teaching, I will get to this podcast, but I must remind you all that I'm going to be teaching a couple workshops. Uh, Fearless Writing, February 20th, Saturday, February 20th, the morning. Well, the morning in, on the West Coast in the afternoon on the East Coast, but yes, February 20th, Fearless Writing, February 27th, Fearless Marketing. It's all about, you know, the right mindset you got to be in to write and the mindset you have to be in to market that stuff. And it's possible to, to not hate the marketing. It is. You can sign up for both of them, get a little discount, or just sign up for one if you don't want both. Yes, it's all there. Fearless Writing, Fearless Marketing. Check it out on my website right there on the homepage. You can sign up for it if you want. All right. Today's guest, what an interesting guy, Tim Garvin. Tim grew up, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Tim. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. He grew up in Arizona and then the Alaskan wilderness. But he now lives beside a creek outside of Durham, North Carolina, with his wife, Cynthia, and dog, Blue. He built a cabin beside the creek. And in the mornings, he goes down there to write. In the afternoons, he throws pots. He doesn't throw them. He makes them. But, you know, that's what they say. He throws them, gardens, reads, discusses life with Cynthia, and sometimes coaxes her and Blue to the coast to float around the Outer Banks in a little sailboat. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Well, his debut novel, A Dredging Swan, was released last November, or this past November. Uh, he has an MFA in fiction from the University of Arkansas, and he has published short stories and poems in literary journals across the country. He's also optioned two screenplays, Dead Money with Magic Hour Entertainment, and Anvil City with 20th Century Fox, but he's with us now. Tim, how you doing? Hey, hi, Bill. Thanks uh, for the introduction. I was interested uh, in meeting that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like an interesting guy, doesn't he? Yeah, he sounds like a good guy. I love him. Yeah. <laughs> but you are I wish I did know him. 
Oh, uh, well, you know, Tim, Tim writing, I think, is a journey to know ourselves. I know it sounds a little cliche, but I do think there's some truth in that. That as we uh, write, we are, I think we yes. learn a bit about who we are. What do you think? Well, and I think we mine, uh, we mine the unconscious with the with the conscious. No doubt about it. That's what. That's the that's the draw of writing, I suppose, for most of us. You I know, like to, that. To, we yeah. mine the unconscious with the conscious. I like mine. Yeah. Mine. I I think that's true. Uh, all right. So you are currently, as you talk to me, you are sitting in your little cabin, drinking tea I am, out, I of am. A, out of a mug you fashioned yourself. <laughs> yeah. Is that true? I am. How do you know so much about me? Yeah. <laughs> I said I just yeah. I just sense these yeah. things. Okay, no, you're right. And it's, uh, it uh, just opened a kiln uh, an hour ago, and boy, did I get some beautiful things. I'm really grateful. And, yeah, look, 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 I, look. it all sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. All right, let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you grew up in Arizona, and then eventually you found yourself in the Alaskan wilderness. Now, did you just wander up there in search of? Of yourself, no, or my did your family drop you there? Well, I went up there when I was 11. My my dad was in the Federal Aviation Agency. He was a war pilot, and after oh. the war, he uh, was in aviation, and so he got in the FAA, and uh, they sent him up there to investigate accidents and give licenses, and, and a lot of bush pilots in Alaska, yeah. and they get, they, they get lost, get in the headwind, and yeah. they come down, you know, 500 miles from another human being, and they either either walk out, uh, months later or don't and he wow. had to investigate those accidents and uh, yeah and he, he we lived way up in uh, the northern part of Juneau about as far as the road went 24 miles from yeah. town and yeah. uh, right on the ocean and uh, as I am fond of saying with whales in the front yard and bears in the backyard and wow. that was true and wow. yeah, we, wow. you know it was the, it was back this was in 58 and when we first got there so we got to see the, the state become a, a state it became right. a state when we were there, the territory. And, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, that I lived uh, just a half mile from a couple of homesteaders, Irma and Charlie Olson. Uh, she was wow. a Peterson, actually, before she was married. And, you know, a lot of the area, Peterson Creek, Peterson Lake, are all named after her father and John Peterson, who was famous in Juneau. They lived way out in the farm, and I, we pitched hay for them. And, you know, and, I, and that's what caused me to write the one book that I wrote called Killer Whale Rock which is about uh, the adventures of a, a boy who would be my age uh, uh-huh. in, in that wilderness in those days. Yeah, Man. All the people I knew and you know, halibut fishing, just, salmon fishing. Yeah. There just isn't, yeah. I mean, in 2021, I mean, there's, there's wilderness to be found on planet earth. Uh, but I mean, I have to say I am a city boy just like through and through. Yeah. Although I well, would occasionally go, I, I occasionally I'm, went to, now you might know of because you graduated from the University of Arkansas. I did spend some time in Lampy, Missouri, which is near uh. Blue Eye, and just there on the uh-huh. uh, the Arkansas uh, uh, down there in the Ozarks on the co- on the border of Arkansas. Yeah, and it was a, near, a near little Table Rock Lake, probably. Yes, near I, Branson. That's yes, indeed. I would go to Table Rock Lake yeah. to go fishing for for bass, as a matter yeah. of fact. Well, uh, I'm going there this summer to be no. with my family. We're all having no. a meeting there. Yeah, Table Rock Lake. Oh, yeah. my. We're driving oh, a trailer. I'm, in fact, I'm driving a trailer all the way across, well, to California to see friends there and then up to Seattle. Then we're flying back to Juneau. Yeah. No it is the second time I've gone back. Yeah. And, and it is it is still a wilderness. They yeah. Not, yeah uh, kind of. They passed yeah. a law. You can't cut the forest up there. 
and uh, yeah. the Tongass National Forest is a is a beautiful. You know, if you cut it, it doesn't grow back for 500 years. So, wow, not to cut it. Yeah. Man, so growing up in the wilderness, that, I mean, that's got to be something. I, I, I meet people yeah. from Alaska who are born in Alaska, and I always feel like there's a particular cut of their jib. And it must have to do with being just yeah. just further outside the, of, I don't want to call it civilization, but almost. It's just a little bit like, look, we're out there. We're on our own. I don't know about the rest of you people down there. Am I, well, off, am I wrong uh, about that? They make well. They, it's it's not. It there are city people in Alaska. I mean, they do have right. grocery stores. You know, I mean, they don't all live in igloos. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it, it, right. It, but there are people who live in the, the the outer part of Alaska in the wilderness, and then those are the kinds of people you're talking about. They make television programs about those people. Yeah. You now yeah. they do. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it was, right, so was, the main the main thing about it, it was beautiful. It was just gorgeous. The forest primeval, no doubt. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, was writing always a thing? Were you were you reading a lot as a kid? Were you what was what was you was know I, there? I, I I knew that you had asked me that question, so I thought to myself, now when did I put? And it was when I was like eleven. I remember writing a poem, and here's a line from that poem. Okay. Uh, something about Kentucky Hill, where my father used to plow and harrow and till. That was. That was That's close. not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. When I was. I, I, I just, uh, probably I have no idea what I was on about. That was just a thing that right. I did as a kid. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess I. And then in high school, I, I I became a writer. I wrote poems, and and yeah. then in college, I wrote for the, you know, the literary journal there, and, right. and began to begin. To, I realized I could write, and uh, and I didn't really know how to write and much about it. So that's why I went to the University of Arkansas to see what they would say about learning to write. The yeah. MFA program there is a good one, and so I, I I went there for three years, and uh, got an MFA, and I, yeah. I can't say that, uh, you know, you can, I don't, I guess I don't think you can learn to write by going to an MFA program, but you can certainly <laughs> immerse yourself in, in in you know in reading and and talking to other people who are trying to do it, but really, uh, in the end, writing is a interior examination. There's no doubt. Yeah. About yeah, some sort of it's sort of introspective and, and not just fiction, but any kind of writing is a, is a form of of thinking, and thinking isn't of the out. You know, it's not like doing something outside, not like a throwing yeah. a pot or something. It's, it's yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a difficult thing. And we do, as you probably, uh, as part of your career, uh, try to get people to address whatever impediments psychologically, yes. or, you know, in their mentality may be there. To, to yep. prevent them from finding their depth. Yeah, yep. and it is a it's a lifelong effort, and uh, you know it's the effort of uncovering uh, something within, and, uh, and and therefore useful and, and uh, worthy to do. Uh, absolutely, I, I feel like mm-hmm. um, it for me. It's been really shedding off what I thought I was, what I thought I was supposed to be. And the more I allow myself, you know, there's a great story from Gary Shandling, the comedian. And I really yeah, have a lot oh, of admiration for the way Gary Shandling did. And when he, the first oh, time he was on I loved him. Tonight Show. Oh, he was wonderful. Wonderful guy. Very reflective yeah. guy. Yeah. And the first yeah. time he was on the um, Tonight Show, he wrote in his journal because he kept this journal. He was just devoted to it. And he wrote in his journal, just be Gary. 
just be Gary. Because he was uh, really like, this is it. You know, yeah. going on the Tonight Show in the 70s or whatever it was, the early yeah. years, that was really where your career was made. And his advice to himself yeah. was just go be Gary. And I thought it's so true. As an artist, yeah. you, if you can, and, and you think it sounds so simple, but it isn't. It, I mean, it is simple no, once you well, do it. But man, the, the things we invent for ourselves. Well, you know, the, we, we have a word, the etymology of words. Um, one philosopher, Heidegger, was big into etymology. And, and yeah. the word pretend is a yeah. good word for what we're talking about, <laughs> to tend to beforehand. And that is the issue to how to get away from that, that pretending of your thoughts and just let them flow out. Right. You ask most writers, oh. how, to, right. how do you write? They'll say, just let it flow, whatever yeah. that might mean. But, that's, right. but it, right. it, it, that's what happens. I mean, you know, you, you, uh, so one of my old, you know, Miller Williams, a poet, uh, said, you know, writers uh, hate to write, but love having written. Oh. And that's kind of, you know, when, <laughs> when you're writing, you know, you, you, uh, you're struggling with it. When it's slowing, it's great. And then a moment later, <laughs> oh, yeah. You, yeah. you hit the blank page again, and then it's not so great. But then it flows again and goes back and forth. I don't know how it's done. You know, we don't even know how we make sentences. We don't even know if I'm I'm engaged <laughs> but, in a sentence right now. And I yeah. have no idea where this sentence is going, how it's going to end, or what the logical structure no, is going right. to be. But it will end somehow. And, that's right. and uh, there's a mysterious issuing forth of meaning. And, and you are, your your career is trying to, encourage and remove obstacles and and all to all to the good uh, but yeah. it's a mystery indeed and this form of courage i think is there and i know you you're on about that oh yeah it, it is well i think yeah. that fear uh, the to me writing you know i wrote a book called fearless writing and i, and I said it's a little bit of a it's a little bit repetitive because all writing, once it's happening, is fear. In other words, you can't be afraid and writing, I don't believe. I think that that's when you get into that, what we, that flow state, when it's flowing, that's what life can feel like when you are not sitting there worrying about the future. I do think fear is a story about the future we tell ourselves. That we're, It may be a minute from now. It might be a year from yeah. now. But it's us trying to predict the future in some way. And writers are, yeah. and I can go on about this a lot, but writers have a tendency to, to do that. Like, what are people going to think about it? Will it get published? Will all these questions about what will happen after the creation occurs? And I think that's where, and when that interferes, when that when those thoughts move into the writing itself, then you're kind of sunk if you let, allow that. Does that it, make sense? It, it, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, you know, I'm a fiction writer. Well, not just yep. fiction, but I do write fiction. Yep. And, uh, you're always having to you, – you're kind of doing both things. You're, you're, now, now, I'm not talking about looking into the reflection of other people's about your work, but you do have right. to plan the book. And, and so you're sure. looking sure. at the scene, and you're feeling the feelings of the people, but you know you've got to get that beautiful girl to go in the room where the next <laughs> – That's right. Right, you know, That's right. right and that kind of stuff. So you have to figure right. – so you sort of coax and courage, and you sort of yeah. guide and – I yeah. mean, it's a it's a big muzzle, uh, maze, of puzzle work that we're we're engaged in. I think the same thing happens in nonfiction, oh, because you, sure. you're you're in a, you're in an argument, in a sense, not with anyone else, but you. I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a logical train of rationality that you're trying to follow, and you have to say this before you say that, and then then that lets you say this. Yeah, so you have to organize your thoughts, and uh, it's a it's a it's uh, it's the mind, and basically that we're trying to engage with and God knows what that is. Honestly, well, God knows what that is. 
I, I, I always think that when I, I, I write nonfiction now and um, I wrote fiction for years, but it's just narrative nonfiction now or creative nonfiction, inspirational nonfiction. I don't know what the hell to call it, but it's nonfiction. And, but I sit down, I often write, will tell stories about stuff that's happened to me. That's, that's sort of the material I work with, but I've learned when I sit down to write, like, okay, I know the subject matter. I'm, I know the story I'm going to tell, I think. But I have learned to say, you don't know why you're telling it, Bill, until you tell it. Don't pretend you know why you're telling it. Don't pretend you know what this story's about until you actually get yeah. into it. And in that way, it's been very much like fiction, where it's like, okay, yeah, I know, yeah, I know she's right. going to go to that store, but I don't know what she's going to say. And maybe she'll be a different person when she comes out. And I've had to learn to apply yeah. that to my nonfiction. And that keeps it alive. And that brings in the inspiration, yeah. inspired thought, as opposed to just me hammering stuff out it's really it's so similar to fiction it's kind of but you have kind of an over overarching idea that you're presenting you do come in with yeah i mean you know i know who's going to get killed in a mystery or something you you know that right you know well and so you 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 kind of guide your work i'll tell you what buddy there are mystery writers i've interviewed and they say they i think they've only been women i don't know if it makes any difference maybe it doesn't but they say i have a body i don't know who killed it I just start writing, and then I find out. Well, <laughs> one of the most popular mystery writers in our country, Lee Childs, is he doesn't that way. Know. He'll, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. writes the first sentence, and he doesn't know why he even wrote the sentence, and yeah. somebody has got killed, and there's a body in a dumpster, and it goes on, and he, he yeah, figures yeah, yeah. it out. And, yeah. You know, but uh, the Sisters in Crime people, that I, I'm a member yeah. of that group. Oh, you are? Have, oh, great. Uh, yeah, they have a deal where you, there are pantsers, and plotters, yep. those who yeah, yeah, fly yeah, by yeah. the seat of their pants and, you know, yeah. plot it out. I'm kind of a yeah. mix of those two, I think. You got, well, yeah. you got to find, you know, I always tell my students, you got, look, you got to learn how to write a book. If you want to write books, it is a particular muscle to be able to somehow hold this thing that's bigger than a sentence in your head. I mean, it's one thing to hold a poem in your mind a little bit, even that, but, you know, or like a song, I write music so I can sort of hold the song in my head, but a book is too big. And so you got to learn how to do that, but then you got to learn how to write your book. Like what, how do you write your book? Cause the way you write your books can be different than how I write my book or how different than Lee child writes. his yeah. book. Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. You really got to like, what does the, how does yeah. Tim write a book? Yeah. Well, well, if I could tell you that, I, geez, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> Carl Jung or something, but you know, uh, you, you just, uh, it is a, it is a mystery to me how it's done. And, and I'll tell you the first, uh, first mystery that I wrote, uh, halfway through it, I realized, damn, I got I got to drop another body in here somewhere because <laughs> I got to get some, I got to get something going, you know. Right. And right. so I had to kind of replot, which was yeah. fine, I, it, and it worked because it fit the fit the narrative. But um, yeah, you kind of you kind of learn how to uh, hustle the the plot along, and mostly though, my my uh, my my inclination in writing is to. Uh, empathize with character and and kind of let that you know, be the be the source of my my work and my inspiration and, right. and that, that's one thing the second thing i just uh, i'm an inveterately uh, uh careful sentence maker ah. i really like to make good sentences and write with economy and i and i do think that uh, you know elmore leonard once said uh, <laughs> one reason his books are so good is because he just leaves out the parts that people skip and that's true. Right. He, he right. does. He's he's, oh, he's yeah. right to the point, real yeah. clear. Uh, you know, we when you know, I, I like to say there's as many 
versions of every book as there are readers because that sure. experience is a trail of impressions through one person's mind. And, uh, and we follow that trail of impressions by, by desire. We, we, go, we move from one yeah. moment to the next in a book by hoping we'll get some desire satisfied. You know, we'll, oh, we'll have yeah, yeah. So it'll, be, it'll be exciting or it'll be maybe an interesting fact. We'll learn about beehives, and we didn't expect that, or whatever it is. Right. But, but we'll, one, one little moment after another of desire satisfaction is what makes vitality in writing. It, it occurs to me. Make, and, and when looking at, look at the way I write, I, I am somewhat conscious of that. Uh, uh-huh. you know, I think it was Hemingway said you got to have a, a good bullshit detector yeah, and uh, yeah. kill your babies. He also said yeah. that. Yeah, kill your darlings. And, uh, you know, and that's sort of, you just, you just try to make it vital, interesting, compelling. And somehow, you know, you may do it, you may not, but that's what you're, that's what you're after. Well, yeah. yeah. And aren't you trying to make yeah. yourself and keep yourself interested? I mean, aren't you, t- I mean, cause, cause you know, cause once you get good, like well, about sentence writing, you like, you, you, you say, okay, I've learned how to write sentences, but then I find like, I have to keep myself interested in crafting the sentences. Like I can imitate what I sound like when I'm writing a good sentence, or I could say, yeah. let me use the sentence to really get at the thing, to uncover something, to discover something by the end of the sentence that I didn't know at the beginning of it. You know, let me, and, and I, I have to kind of yeah. push myself to stay interested because you can get good in a certain, with a certain facility and kind of lean on that, like a singer who could just hit all the notes, but it's not enough. You know what I mean? Well, I do. And uh, that is the, that is what makes so many sitcoms and cop shows go stale toward the end of the yeah. run. They're yeah. kind of imitating themselves. But, you yeah. know, the uh, what you say about uh, uh, keeping yourself interested, that's how you – I think that's right. And it is, it is sort of you, you don't write that sentence until you're gripped in some way by something, yeah. some interesting yeah. force in you that is – Oh, that's interesting. I, I, yeah. It's not even that because it's not conscious. It's it's like there's a taste in you, and you. I can write that sentence now because I have that taste. Yeah. I don't know how to how to express it better than that, but there's probably a better I, way to express it. But well, it's you know, I, this is the thing. This is the thing, Tim. This is why uh, writers get together to talk about writing sometimes because uh, you can sound just a little, maybe just a little more woo woo than you want to. I don't mind woo woo. I'm as woo woo yeah. as. It gets when you put yeah. me down to it. Yeah. But uh, I understand, like, you, it's, you don't want to sound like a guru. You don't want to, but, you, yeah. but it's hard to explain what's happening because to say you're in control yeah. of it, it's just cockamamie. Yeah. You know, you know uh, D- David Franzen and uh, yeah. Wallace, who yeah. has killed himself now, and then yeah. George Saunders, uh, yeah. three of our great writers, uh, yeah. met uh, in, their, in the height of their careers, and they, were tra- and they discussed how to get emotion and feeling into fiction because okay. it's so hard to do without sentimentalizing it. Yeah. That's of the course. problem. Sentimentalizing yeah. it is, you know, uh, there's a, I think it was Arbindo Ghosh who said um, that feeling when you, when you, when you think about feeling, it usually becomes sentiment. It's, but oh, to, to show a scene yeah. in which there is a, feeling arises like a mushroom from the bottom of the scene. That's what's required. And, and it was a difficult, and, and these guys were good at their craft and, and, sure. and, and uh, very intelligent, high-minded folks, but yet that was their issue. How to do that? 
how to get feeling and emotion without into fiction. Sentimentality. It's tough. Without it's sentimentality. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. Because you don't because want to, you don't want mind, to be dead yeah. and cold and and um, no. you know and, no, and unreadable. Um, it's a it's a yeah. fine line. It's a fine. Line. So, yeah, a, a dredging in Swan. It came out in November, right? Uh, it's in January. Last January. January. Yeah. So yeah. how's it going? Like, uh, how did you? What, well, did you enjoy it's, having your release? It's done okay. It? Yeah, but it's, how have you? you know, I'm, this like, is my well, my first book, and I started uh, doing. Uh, you know, I called up a bunch of bookstores to try to get. You know, it's hard to get readings. It really, yeah, I didn't yeah, even know yeah. that, but it is. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so what I did, I got seven uh, readings, and I went out to Arizona to the Poison Pen, and then. Oh, yeah. I went to the, you know, it's set over here in, uh, in North Carolina. So I went to that bookstore out there, but then COVID came and I had to oh, cut yeah. my, my tour yeah. short. So yeah. that's, that was the way of that. But I did like four or five, five readings and, uh, they went well and sold books and that was good. And I had a good reception and, uh, yeah. I, you know, they put it on the, had a TV interview and I, oh, and, nice. I and I'm just, I just trying to getting my feet wet and, what you do to sell a book. And I think the book sold almost sold 6,000 copies, which is probably isn't not a bestseller. But no, that's all right. Not, for, not, for not, not a ruinous. Yeah. Not a ruinous oh. debut. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but my second book uh, in, in the series, uh, I, I, I want to go to a different publisher and I'm going to do that with a new agent. Yeah. And so I'm looking for, uh, for that. It's called uh, four evenings and it's a continuation of this, uh, my hero, in this series is a guy named Seb Creek. He's a sheriff's detective and he, uh-huh. he gets lent, lent by his sheriff to another County, the poorest County in North Carolina. And they're having a lot of problems. And one of their detectives has been murdered and they can't in the, the state Bureau of investigation wants a, uh, another, not, they don't want to do an in-house investigation with the sheriff. So they send another sheriff's detective over and that's Seb. And uh, right. when he's there, he gets involved in a, uh, with the FBI, they recruit him for a corruption, anti-corruption squad. It's it's quite a complicated plot, but very, uh, it's a good book. I love the book, and uh, we're getting ready to ship that. Oh, you're going to sell it. You're going to sell it. Yeah, we're going to. Yeah. Would you describe so. it as? Um, would you describe it as like a literary crime novel? Like, how, would you put it in that category? Yeah. Or not? that is the that is the that is the genre that if you could name a genre that would be my my genre literary literary mystery literary crime and the the literary before that word just means you know i try to write good sentences what we all do but (laughs) also i uh you know i i don't uh skimp on characterization yeah and uh you know it's almost like a mainstream novel with a mystery in it with a murder yeah or two yeah three yeah yeah that's why it's a fun read and yeah when I read mysteries and suspense, which I didn't do before doing all these interviews, but I started reading some when I because I'd be interviewing the people. That's usually the biggest difference is there's, and, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with the real like, sort of like what Lee Child does. His stuff is is a little lighter on the character, but it bounces along and it's you know, and it's got great pace and yeah. and, and surprising oh, yeah. stories. But then there's other types of writers who it's how much more do they linger on the character in a certain way, and that has just a different bounce to it. Well, the the uh, of course the the penalty of that is that if you get a if, if your readership is expecting Lee Childs and and you don't provide yeah. that then there's yeah, a, there's a, there's a yeah. disjunct. But the uh, the other thing is is if you can make it make the character whatever characterization you have not superfluous to the action that's the critical yeah. thing. So yeah. that, so that the 
character, you know, he's not thinking about his brother that has nothing to do with what's going on in his life, you know, you know, or having marital problems at home while he's trying to solve a mystery that can be somewhat useful, but you know, he's going to get killed if that's the case, you know? Yeah. Anyway, it is, it is part of the puzzle making nature of plotting, uh, which I, which I like, you know, uh, you know, I, I do, uh, I'd like to do Sudoku from time to time. I'm just I'm a puzzle maker. I'm not mine. That's good. fun. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Who was it? Uh, Ray Bradbury said his plots were just the footprints his characters made as they chased their passions. I think that's what he said. Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm delighted he said that because that's, that's what <laughs> I think, too. Yeah. 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 I, think it makes I, sense. I think it makes sense. I think it really yeah. the characters. I mean, they're, it's, they aren't they aren't chess pieces, you know. I hopefully no, no, yeah. Well, they 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 can be, and of course yeah. we, you know, it's kind of, you know, the 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 syndrome for in movies is to make the explosion next time even bigger because boy, right. that was good, <laughs> right. and you know, and so and that that's sort of just the opposite of what what the writer who's grieving over there behind the camera, oh right. for God's sake, uh, is a yeah. dialogue, you know. People want to learn about Tim Garvin and go to timgarvin.com. Is that correct? Is that your website? Yeah, I have, I, I have a website and you can, you know, read the, well, you can also go to Amazon and read the, right. the introduction or the first several chapters of the, of, of judging and Swan. And uh, I have a couple of other books up there. One is Bajan, right. which is uh, a long, uh, a long book uh, with a, a different uh, it's not a mystery it's a literary novel but it's about some people who have a zoo and they get a tiger named Bajan and Bajan uh, tigers don't purr normally normally they divide cats into purrs and roars tigers right. don't purr they roar but uh, this one does purr and his purr has a, a spiritually intoxicating influence on the members of the zoo and and, uh, and I deal with uh, the consequences of that and it's an interesting interesting adventure then there's also in that book, a, a kind of a mad Iraq war vet named JJ, who is who is um, haunting them. But then another book on there is uh, a, a Killer Whale Rock, which is, uh, right. is a One. book I mentioned is set in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right. So you can get that there. Actually, Tim Dar- TimGarvin.com. Check it out, people. Check it right. out. Okay, Tim, I got one more question for you. One more. Yeah. And what I want you to do is finish this sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Well, geez, you're asking me, you know, it's kind of like what life has taught me. Well, it's taught me, uh, one, uh, you know, what we could call professionalism, I guess, or excellence in writing uh, means, uh, you know, being able to say no to yourself and yet not take that for an answer. That's for sure. You have to, you have to kill your babies and keep going. I like uh, it. And and that's how, that's how you get better and better and better. And it's a it's a joy and it's an accomplishment and uh, you know it's an adventure. There's no doubt about all that. Yeah. Well, I like it. Yeah. Be a pro. Yeah. Be a yeah. pro. I agree. Be a pro. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Bill, for talking. Nice book. to meet you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate and, uh, that. And uh, enjoy the uh, joy of the creek. <laughs> I'm enjoying it right now. The crows come out here and bathe in the morning, and I oh, yeah. oh, beautiful. <laughs> All right, Tim, take it easy. All right, brother. Thanks right. a lot. Nice talking to All you. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Be a pro, people. It's true. Actually, you know, I will tell you one of the biggest things when you're submitting stuff for work, 
for publication is to sort of the difference between the pros and the amateurs. You can kind of tell. And you want to learn to be a pro. It's not that hard, frankly. It's not that complicated, but you got to be one. Be a pro. Be a pro. Take it seriously. It's, you know, it's what you do. Take it seriously. Uh, well, that was a lot of fun. Tim's a good guy. Uh, good having you guys on. Listen, uh, glad to be talking with you all. And um, I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries, as always. Thank you, RJ. And to all you out there, go find something you love to do and do it.